Let me acknowledge the senior pastor of this church, Reverend uh, Tim Carter, and his dear wife, Sue. The entire leadership of this church, including Mary Breeze, who has been an excellent uh, correspondent. Our dear hosts, Ian and Pauline Jeps, thank you very much. You have done us a lot of good. Thank you. My dear wife, Sylvia, who happens to be a former student of Domboshawa Theological College, and now one of uh, our faculty members, after successfully completing a master's program from the University of Pretoria. I see here I've got also my niece, uh, Patience, and her dear husband, uh, Mr. Mujuru. We want to welcome you. Thank you very much for coming and for joining us. Zimbabwe is coming back into the Commonwealth. Therefore, we rejoice when you, the mother of the Commonwealth, do as well as you have done so far in the World Soccer Campaign, and qualifying for the round of 16. Now, we were stuck in Dubai on Monday last week because we had missed our connecting flight. And while we were stuck, we were nevertheless cheered that uh, while we missed our flight, you did not miss your scoring opportunities. As on that very day, you beat uh, Tunisia 2-1. And then, of course, to say nothing of your 6-1 against Panama. Wow. We want to say well done to you, England. Now, apart from uh, that, I want to say, Tim, thank you very much for giving me all the guidance that I needed including how long to preach for. I was told I should not preach for a very long time. <laughs> and so I got very determined that my sermon is going to be very short. In fact, less than two hours. <laughs> uh, you may be very glad to know. I'm not going to be like Paul. In Acts chapter 20, we, pre we hear that he preached a very, very long sermon until after midnight, and even continued preaching after midnight until Eutychus fell asleep and fell from the third floor. I'm not going to make that kind of mistake. Apart from thanking you for giving me an opportunity to share this message with you, I would like to especially also thank this church for your very valued financial and prayer support for Domboshawa Theological College. We are here to assure you that your support is not in vain. You supported Pastor Masimba, and Pastor Masimba is someone who, um, apart from being a pastor of a local church, has recently been accepted to be a chaplain in the Zimbabwe National Army. That was on the basis of the training that he received at Domboshawa Theological College. And he is one of the people that you supported. Apart from uh, Pastor Masimba, you have also supported Leviticus Muleya. And at the 2017 graduation ceremony, Leviticus was awarded the prize for ministry excellence. And now he is pastoring a church that he planted 
in the Binga area of Zimbabwe. The Binga area of Zimbabwe is what you see in the pink there, is one of the most remote areas, one of the most inaccessible areas, but he has given his life to ministry among his people. And you can see there, uh, part of the congregation uh, of the church that he is planting, together with others that he had invited from neighboring churches to come and see the launching of the church. That just means in the village there's no building, uh, but there's a joy of the Lord that attends everything that you are doing. So you have supported him, and you can see that your support has definitely not been in vain. We are very thankful that even after uh, all these people, you have now taken on Tapiwa Mugoronji. And Tapiwa Mugoronji has just successfully finished semester two of eight semesters. Um, and he is in very heavily involved in youth ministry at Calvary Baptist Church. So thank you for assisting our students during a very difficult period in Zimbabwe's history. The theme of my message today is uh, facing crises at Refidim. It is a subject suggested by today's reading, but it is also a subject suggested by our experiences in Zimbabwe. And the experiences, I must say, of all of us, uh, because we are all bound to go through crisis at one time or another in our lives. And so today, whenever you hear the word refidim, think of crisis. Indeed, all of us must face crisis. And there are three groups of people when it comes to crisis. I don't know this morning which of the three groups you fall into. There are those who are emerging from a crisis. You may be in that group. You have been in one, and you are emerging from that crisis. But there are those who are right now in a crisis. You are at Refidim, the place of crisis. Or you may be in the third group, those who are headed towards a crisis. So if you are not emerging from a crisis, if you are not already in a crisis, you can be sure you are headed towards one. So that takes care of all of us. And crisis, of course, can be precipitated with a very disturbing suddenness. You receive a medical report that says you have cancer. You are a trafficking. You lose your job. Or you receive news of the death of a loved one. You are at Refidim. You are in a place of crisis. Not so long ago, only nine days ago, our president was in, he has been in series of crises. But nine days ago, on Saturday of last week, he was in yet another crisis. As soon as he had finished addressing a rally in Bulawayo, an attempt was made on his life through a grenade explosion. More than 40 people were injured in that explosion. 
Two have since died. Others are hospitalized and in a very uh, critical condition. They are at Rephidim, the place of crisis. Now, all these and more are enough to throw our lives or our churches or our nations at Rephidim, the place of crisis. But you might want to ask a question. What is a crisis? An Asian theologian called Kosuke Koyama, reflecting on how the Chinese define words or write words, they, they write characters rather than words. And when they want to write of crisis, they bring together two characters, the character for danger and the character for opportunity. And so we could define crisis as the meeting point between danger and opportunity. In our reading today, the children of Israel face not one, but two crises at Rephidim. Both of them very serious crises. Crisis number one at Rephidim. No water to drink. Clearly, a very life-threatening condition for the people. And for Moses in particular, it was a very serious crisis because he faced rebellion from the very people that he had helped to lead out of Egypt. In verse 2, we read that they quarreled with Moses. In verse 3, they grumbled against Moses. In verse 4, we read they were almost ready to stone him. Yet, this created an opportunity to see God at work. To see that when you are down to nothing, God is up to something. Rephidim was the meeting point between danger and opportunity. And opportunity prevailed over danger. But that was not the only crisis. The second crisis was the Amalekite threat. The Israelites had no experience of war up to this point. This is the very first battle that they met. So they were unexperienced. It was a very unprovoked attack from the Amalekites. It took them completely by surprise. Amalekites had a big military advantage over the Israelites. They were more experienced. They were more numerous. They were better equipped. In fact, the Amalekites, had they annihilated the Israelites, would have been a very big threat to even God's plan to bring them out of Egypt to the promised land. Yet, this was an opportunity also to experience victory from God. To realize that if God be for us, who can be against us? Not even the well-equipped and more numerous Amalekite army can be against us when God is on our side. So, once again, Rephidim was the meeting point between danger and opportunity. And opportunity prevailed over danger. 
as a family, we have experienced our fair share of crisis. One of the many crises was when we lost our daughter, a twin child, at the age of one year and one month and one day. It was a traumatic experience. But her death, and she was called the Vimbainashe, her death was a seed that led to our founding a school in her name. The school called Vimbainashe Learning Institute that is being led by my dear wife, Sylvia. It's a school where Pauline Jepps one of our hosts, visited and took lots of pictures of. Our family refidim was the meeting point between danger and opportunity. And opportunity prevailed over danger. And the many children who have passed through this school and the many children who even parents had written off and said that they were uneducable will now tell you how glad they are to have passed through this school. Crisis is the meeting point between danger and opportunity. I lead a college called Domboshawa Theological College, a college that we have supported for many more than 10 years. This college has also experienced, as you would expect, its fair share of crisis in a situation of such economic breakdown. But one of the serious crises that we faced goes way back to 2006. The, we were then uh, in an associate relationship with the University of Zimbabwe. And the vice chancellor of the University of Zimbabwe by the name of Levi Nyagura with suddenness, an unexpected suddenness, unilaterally cut off our relationship with the university. It was a shock to the system for both faculty and students as well. Little did Levi Nyagura realize the power of the Shona proverb that says, Akikadachka Ariambuza. The person who kicks a frog is helping that frog to cross a flooded river. We actually crossed over from merely offering di diploma programs to offering degree programs in affiliation with the Zimbabwe Open University. Had we not been kicked out by Liver Nyagura, we would have continued comfortably offering lower qualifications up to now. Our Domboshawa Theological College Refidim was the meeting point between danger and opportunity. Again, opportunity prevailed. But before we go on much longer with this analysis, we need to make an observation. We need to make an observation about crisis itself. No matter how we may try to understand why God lets us go through crisis, there are moments and times 
when we may never fully understand this side of life. What, why God has allowed us to go through that. What God has chosen not to reveal. We may never understand why we are going through it. It reminds me of Deuteronomy chapter 29 and verse 29, which says the secret things belong to the Lord our God. But the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may follow all the words of the law. Children of Israel were going, after all, where God was leading them. So why did God allow them to suffer life-threatening thirst? Why did God allow them to be attacked with such a ferocious suddenness by a well-equipped Amalekite army? They would never have known why any more than Job would have known why he suffered to the extent that he did. Zimbabwe is such a peace-loving nation. And so many godly people in Zimbabwe with great natural resources. Our flag says a lot about who we are. Our flag also says a lot about the nature of our people. You see the white on the flag representing how much we are a peace-loving nation. But you can see the gold representing the riches of the resources that we have underground, the many minerals that we have got. You see the, you see the green representing the, the uh, rich soils and the agricultural potential in this country. Why has Zimbabwe gone through crisis after crisis? Why is Zimbabwe, which was the breadbasket of our region, become a basket case? We may never fully know this side of life why such crises have happened. When Robert Mugabe became oppressive and allowed corruption to take root, we experienced a prolonged economic crisis, high levels of inflation. And in fact, the inflationary levels that we experienced exceeding at one point more than 100,000%. Must boggle your mind how inflation can go to that level. But you know, we became very poor billionaires. I've got in my wallet those notes that I photographed. You can see five billion dollars. And that's only one note. And if you think five billion dollars is a lot of money, look at the one on top. Ten trillion. Ten trillion dollars. We were trillionaires in Zimbabwe. But we couldn't buy much because of the high level of inflation. Why would such a beautiful nation, so rich in mineral resources, become so broken politically and economically? We do not understand why the Lord allowed such a thing to happen. But let me repeat, 
Deuteronomy 29 and verse 29. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. But the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever. That we may follow the words of the law. Maybe you are at a refugee right now. You are in a serious crisis. And you don't know why God has allowed that medical condition. You don't know, you don't understand why the Lord has allowed your children to go through such a serious divorce. You don't understand why things have gone from bad to worse in certain aspects of your life. Well, the secret things belong to the Lord our God. But the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever. What is important for, for us right now, however, is to say, okay, crisis is the meeting point between danger and opportunity. So we want to find out what are the strategies, what are the God-given strategies for moving from danger to opportunity when we face a crisis. There are so many things that we could say, including the way we think. For as we think we are, as we think we become. But focusing more particularly on our passage, I want to suggest that there are three strategies that are necessary to move us from, from danger to opportunity when we face a crisis. Firstly, we must be going in God's direction. The Israelites were provided with water from the rock, experienced the victory over the Amalekites. Because they were going, according to the reading that we had, they were traveling from place to place as the Lord commanded. Are we where God wants us to be? Are we going where God wants us to go. Because if we are where God wants us to be and we are going where God wants us to go, God will intervene to ensure that crisis takes the direction of opportunity rather than the direction of danger. When I think of Nabosheva Theological College, I think of the vision that we have to become a center of excellence in internationally recognized theological education and Christian leadership training that equips our graduates with the conviction necessary uh, for them to make a difference, with the character necessary for them to make a difference, and with the competence that they need. But it's not just about theological excellence. It's also more about leaders of integrity. When we think of our logo as Dobosha Theological College, Dombo in itself means a rock. And our motto is building a firm foundation. Jesus, after all, if you, if you look at the Greek that is written in there, and if you want to learn more Greek, please come to Domboshawa Theological College. The Greek that is written on that logo is Epi Taute Te Petra, upon this rock. So Domboshawa Theological College is built upon this rock, the rock of Jesus, and the rock of the kind of um, character and competence and conviction that is necessary for us to make a difference in our nation. So first, we must be moving in God's direction, and we must be where God wants us to be. 
This is what we are praying every day. Lord, help us as a college. Help us as a family to move in your direction and to be where you want us to be. So that's the first strategy. But there is also strategy number two. And this is suggested by the great English Baptist missionary called William Carey who talked about expecting great things from God and attempting great things for God. So let's think about strategy number two as expecting great things from God. When Moses faced the situation beyond human solution, what did he do? He said, Lord, only you can intervene. He expected only God to be able to make a difference. And so, water came out of a rock. A well-equipped American, Amalekite army was defeated because Moses expected great things from the Lord. The war against the Amalekites. You may ask yourself a question. Was it won because of Joshua and his fighting capability? Or was it won because of the spiritual intervention arising from Moses' prayer? In Shona, we say, The strength of the fish is in the water. The strength of the Christian is in the prayer life that brings God into the crisis. And moves crisis from danger to opportunity. No wonder why Paul would say, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And so we must, when we face crisis, not only be moving where God wants us to move, being where God wants us to be, but we must expect God. And we, we expect God through our prayer to, to do great things. And then... Finally, the third strategy is attempting great things for God. Though it was only God who could bring water from the rock, he still wanted Moses to do something, to strike the rock. Though it was only the Lord who could bring victory against the Amalekites, it was still necessary that Joshua should actually go and fight against them. Do all that God enables you to do, like Joshua did. Some become paralyzed when they face a crisis. They suffer from what we call paralysis of analysis. Like the Israelites under Saul, who were analyzing the big man Goliath. Analyzing his height, analyzing his weapons, analyzing how, he, how undefeatable he was. And they were for 40 days paralyzed. Paralysis of analysis. Unable to do anything until David came. It was the Lord who intervened in Zimbabwe's story in November of last year. But we still needed to do something. We couldn't just say, Lord, we are in a crisis in Zimbabwe. Do something. No. We said, Lord, enable us to do something. As the church in Zimbabwe, we intervened in the Zimbabwean crisis. We wrote a manual called the Zimbabwe We Want. Took it to the government. Took it to Robert Mugabe. Insisted that it needed to be launched 
and made available to the nation the Zimbabwe we want. We traveled to countries like South Africa and I was in the delegation that did, in the delegation that met Tabombeki. These are things that you don't get from newspapers. We were just acting like salt without announcing what we were doing. But some of the things that resulted were a result of what Christians did. Not only that, when we came to November, the great events that you read about in November, the great masses of people who poured into the street to say we want change, we want the situation to change and the oppression to end. We were in that mass of the crowds that were in the street saying the people of Zimbabwe want Mugabe to go. And there is pictorial evidence. Sylvia, my wife, and myself are on the street. You can also see that we have got a friend. She is uh, our first British student. You think of people coming to the UK to study. But that lady, who is a retired medical doctor, Dr. Kate Smith, when she got the call to study for ministry, she chose Domboshawa Theological College. And so Kate Smith... Even though we asked her to stay home, she stays with us, incidentally. Even though we said, well, look, stay at home. We said, no, I want to be in the action. I want, to, I want to be in what God is doing in Zimbabwe. So she was with us as we marched in that street. DTC is raising leaders of integrity, knowing that everything rises or falls on leadership. This is part of our call, to do great things for the Lord. And I want to say thank you. Thank you for helping us to attempt great things for God in the middle of our national crisis. Your partnership helps the college to make a difference, to make a difference academically. How do we make a difference academically? Maybe I wish you could ask a person called Zora Zaidube. I was recently struck by the story that Sylvia, our former student, told me. She had gone to the University of Pretoria to submit her dissertation for the master's program. While she was on the campus, she met this man, Zoro Zaidube, who was beside himself in joy. He reminded Sylvia of what DTC had done in his life. The firm academic foundation laid in him had made him rise not only to PhD level, but to senior lecturership at the University of Pretoria. DTC has made academic difference. But DTC has also made a professional difference. I wish you could ask a person like Reverend David Mudimba. When he left Binga to come to DTC, he was a very raw, what we call SRB in Zimbabwe, someone with a strong rural background. Now he is a lecturer at the very institution which brought him up. Chakalisa Sitole will tell you the same thing. From being a student at DTC, she is now our dean of students. Sylvia Musasiwa, who is here, will tell you also how when she became qualified to become a lecturer and a pastor, is making so, so much difference as a missionary to one of the churches uh, and also as a lecturer at Domboshawa Theological College. Now, these lives can be rep replicated so many times in many other lives. Our graduates have assumed leadership positions 
in churches, parachurch organizations, and the business world in the academic institutions. They are now prominent pastors and founders of denominations. Well, we are also making not only an academic or professional difference, but a spiritual difference. Ask Leviticus Muleya, whom you have supported to come through college. One of the recent graduates, he started planting a church in his home village in July of 2017, even before he had completed his studies. Now there are people in joyful worship who are being disciples for the Lord. These are only a few of the many testimonies to the fact that DTC is adding value in the lives of many people and to the nation of Zimbabwe and beyond. The common denominator in all these testimonies is one of people who are now change agents in society, helping to bring light where there is darkness, hope where there is despair, and healing where there is brokenness. We do have brochures. After the service during tea time, you can, if you like to follow our story, collect a brochure and, uh, and learn more about what we are doing. But let me conclude because my two hours is almost coming up now. Well, we would like to say that indeed, as we have seen, crisis at the refugee is the meeting point between danger and opportunity. Often when the enemy brings you into a crisis situation, the intention of the enemy is to destroy you. But what the enemy does not realize is that God uses the same crisis to strengthen you. But whether it becomes danger or opportunity depends on whether you decide to take the perspective of God or the perspective of, an, of the enemy. We have determined in our own lives never to waste a crisis. It can make you better person rather than a bitter person. It can show you God's amazing love and power. It can give you a new and better perspective on life. So never waste a crisis. Transform danger into opportunity by going where God wants you to go and being where God wants you to be. By expecting great things from God and by attempting great things for God. May God bless us when we face crisis, when we are emerging from crisis, or when we are headed towards a crisis. Let us pray. Father, when we talk about crisis, it's not something that is peculiar to Zimbabwe. It is not something that is peculiar to Dombosha Theological College or to the lives of Roy and Sylvia Musasiwa. When we talk about crisis, we are talking about something that can visit any of us at any time. And so we pray, O oh God, that your word would have prepared us to face crisis at Refidim, to know that even when the crisis is as serious as uh, Moses and the children of uh, Israel met, the crisis is what we faced in Zimbabwe, where we lack finances or whatever. You are there to intervene. When we are attacked unexpectedly by enemy, we can transform by your presence, by your help, danger into opportunity. 
Help us, O Lord, to go where you want us to go and to be where you want us to be. Help us to expect great things from you and to attempt great things for you so that your name may be glorified and so that we can experience who you truly are in our lives. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.